Well, this isn't the sermon, but the lead up to the sermon is to say, what I've heard from many of you about the post-COVID days is that the congestion is real, uh, the brain fog is real, and the fatigue is real. So if I glitch this morning and lose myself for a moment, it's because of that brain fog that is chasing me around. I want to focus in this morning on the reading from Micah. And the reason why I want to focus in on the reading from Micah is we all know the payoff verse really well. We all know Micah 6, 8. Many of us can recite it. Some of you, when you heard it this morning, said, I thought it was love mercy, not love kindness. And depending on the translation you look at, some translations have mercy, some translations have kindness. Uh, But for many of us, what we have in knowing that one verse is simply not enough. Because to fully understand Micah 6.8, you have to understand how we got here. How we got to this command from God to do these things. And so to back up a little bit, I want to back up, actually I want to back up by moving forward in time. How does that sound? Maybe that's the brain fog, I'm not sure. Let's back up by moving forward. But as soon as I read these verses this week, I was taken to Good Friday. On Good Friday, not every year, but many years, we pray something called the Solemn Reproaches. And each of the Solemn Reproaches start the exact same way. And if you were paying attention to Micah, you're going to hear this echoed in the words in Micah. Each Solemn Reproach begins, O my people, O my church, what have I done to you? How have I offended you? Answer me. And then following those words are opportunities, moments, where what God has done for God's people throughout history gets named. So the very first one says, I led you out of slavery into freedom and delivered you through the waters of rebirth, but you have prepared a cross for your Savior. And so in Micah, you hear those words echoed. Oh, my people, what have I done to you? In what have I wearied you? Answer me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And then Micah goes on. But I'm taken to Good Friday, and I'm taken to Good Friday because Good Friday can help us understand the world in which Micah speaks to. Now, of course, Micah was written way before Good Friday. I know that. But it'll help shape those pieces together. You see, as God's people, quite often throughout our history, we wander away from what God would want from us. Uh, Often we wander off to other gods, to things that look alluring, that look exciting, that look new, and we turn our backs on what God is calling us to be and to do. And so it was no different for the people in Micah's day that they had turned away from God. And God's wondering, what more can I do for you, people? What more can I do? Answer me. Tell me. I've brought you out of slavery, out of the land of Egypt, 
And what do I receive in turn, you chasing after every other God that walks in front of you? And so it's in the midst of this setup, it's in the midst of these moments that we recognize what Micah is trying to get us to see. And what Micah is trying to get us to see is that the ways that we often think that we are honoring God aren't really the ways to honor God after all. You hear Micah say, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offering with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Is there anything that I can give to restore this relationship with God? And the answer becomes very clear. Micah goes on to say, He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? There's a response. A response that we are being called to for what God has first done. In a sermon, Archbishop Oscar Romero wrote the following. He says, The source of all evil and injustice was the worship of false gods, the gods of money, power, pride, egoism, state, lust, and so on. Romero goes on to explain that this is one of the services the church can offer the world for the true liberation of the people. It's found in understanding that there's a struggle between the powers of earth and the powers of God. And why those words from Micah still mean something to us today is that we are still in the midst of that struggle. Those false gods that were lifted up in the past are the false gods that we still hold in front of us today. The small g gods of money, power, pride, egoism, state, lust, and so on. And when we're chasing after the false gods, we cannot hear the God who has saved us. We cannot hear the God who has called us out of slavery to our own sin. We cannot hear the God that redeems us because we're chasing after something else. Now the words of what Micah says are as important uh, as the entirety of the phrase. We are called to do justice. That's an active kind of thing. That's not a passive kind of response. We are called to love kindness. Now, like I said, other translations say to love mercy, but to love kindness, I think, is important for us as people in today's world to hear. Kindness 
often doesn't get, the, get what it deserves in our world today. Kindness often can be seen as weakness. Kindness can be seen as anything other than what God has first given us. God has shown us God's kindness in God's love of God's people. We are to love that kindness, and part of loving that kindness is to embody that kindness for one another. And then to walk humbly with your God, to turn away, to turn towards, to turn away from those false gods all around us and to turn towards the one true God. And I think the challenge in the midst of all of this, and it's always the challenge, and it's always the challenge because we live so much in this idea that we do things on our own, that we act, we respond, we do things on our own. I can pull myself up from my bootstraps, whatever way you want to say it. But each time scripture talks to us in these ways, it is what we are to do as a community, what we are to do in community. As one scholar writes it, she says it this way. And this goes back to that idea of kindness. Kindness involves a recognition of our common humanity and frailty that leads us to care about each person's particular well-being and to treat him or her as deserving of generous response and respect. Kindness can be expressed through our words or our actions. Now many of you know I, uh, there's an author in this world, she's a researcher, um, she's not, she's a Christian, but she's, uh, but she's not a religious writer. But uh, her name is Brene Brown, and much of what she says, one of the things that I've recognized over these past years, is there's so often I can take things that she has said in her podcast, that her guests have said in her podcast, and I can carry them over into how we are looking at the scripture that we're looking at on any given day. And one of the things that I've been lifting up over these last weeks and months is, the, is that reminder. Because we need this constant reminder. The reminder that in one another, when we look at one another, we should recognize God in one another. That when we look at one another, we should recognize that we're all broken, we're all frail, we're all human. When we look at one another, we need to see the reflection of Christ in the eyes that look back at us. But this is a struggle, a struggle on many levels. As we know this week that yet another video was released of a man being killed by police. I don't know if you watched the video. I hope you didn't watch the video. In fact, I took the advice of one of the members of this congregation who said instead, this man has a beautiful photography page, go look and see at the work that he was doing in the world to lift up the beauty of the world. And so I did that instead. I went and looked at the beauty that he saw 
through his eyes, the way that he saw God working in the world. And when I think of Micah, I'm reminded of a hymn got written a couple years ago, and probably after George Floyd, one of those times, when so often the response is simply, oh, we'll keep them in our thoughts and in our prayers. And the hymn, the hymn says something to the effect of, you know, if we just talk about thoughts and prayers, we're never going to do anything. Because at some point, action has to happen as well. And really, that's what Micah is leading us to. Because God has shown us justice when we didn't deserve it. God has shown us kindness when we didn't deserve it. God lets us to walk with God even when we've walked away at times. God continues to call us back into relationship to walk humbly with God in the world. You see, we're called always to live in response to what God has first done for us. When God has set us free, then we have the opportunity to live as free people in God's creation. But often we stop too soon. Often we stop just a bit short. And we can look to God and say, look, God, I come to church on Sunday. Look, God, I share with you from the gifts that you've given to me. Don't I get something for participating? And God says, what have I shown you, mortal? What have I shown you, and now what do I tell you? The mercy, the kindness, the forgiveness, the grace, all of those things given to each one of us. We are called to share with a world that needs those things as well. We're called to turn away from the false gods that would lure us in other directions. And we're called to follow the one true God. But as I said, we do this work in community. Because by, our, by ourselves, we can convince ourselves that we're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Because we're good at that. We're good at telling ourselves we're doing the right thing. Part of who we are. So sometimes it's in the midst of community where the community reminds us that we aren't doing the things that we're supposed to be doing. We aren't following the way we are called to follow. We're not living humbly the way we are meant to live. And so we look to the community. We look to the community to bring forth the love, bring forth the kindness, bring forth the justice that we can together share with this world that we need for ourselves, but that we can also live in response to. It's our calling. It's who we are. Amen.